This is episode 32 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. With the season quickly approaching, we're going to dig into some particular details of some of the systems that we've addressed here in the past. And today we're going to talk about the Syracuse 2-3 zone defense. Before we get going on that, a big thanks to our sponsors at 323 Sports. Basketball season just around the corner. If there's anything that you need, balls, scorebooks, anything really, 323 Sports can get those to you on time and at a great price. To find out more, visit 323sports.com or you can contact a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. Talking today, like we said, about zones, and we actually have a presentation we're going to show you and some film with this. Randy, you've done a little bit of uh, research on this and have some articles that will point to people at the end. But just in general, why would people be interested in the Syracuse zone defense rather than just like your traditional 2-3 zone? It's a great question. I would say first, we're, we're talking today about something I have experience with coaching so that's good sometimes when we talk about some things i just kind of bring my opinion on how i would coach something or would go about something this i've actually installed and ran and used and i would say maybe the subtle difference that would be the answer to the question you asked of why i kind of take the strategic approach that that syracuse zone you know what makes it unique uh, would be that it, they, they actively try to take away three-point attempts. So a lot of zones, a lot of people make the decision to play zone because their opponents are bad and can't shoot, right? So uh, they just figure we'll stand in the paint or we'll pack the paint with five players in this, this zone. And, and as long as we take away any penetration or layups and things like that, and you're having to depend on your outside shooting ability, yeah, we'll get a hand up. But as long as you're shooting over us, we believe that you can't make enough threes to 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 beat us. So, you know, Jim Beheim has said, we, we don't play this zone because our opponents can't shoot. We play it because they can. And they actively seek to take away three-point attempts with this zone and uh, it has a lot of characteristics of pack line, which we talked about, which, which we did a whole, you know, month of talking about. And, and uh, so there's some elements there, but there's also this idea of you shoot 40% from three against man to man, this is going to look and feel different. And, and we're going to try to actively take away three point attempts with, with some things we do in our zone. So that would be, if you're inclined to play zone, but like, you know, I just don't feel great about like just packing it in and like letting them shoot basically like this, this might help. This might be for you. By chance you have the coach who no doubt there's a couple of them out there who are already saying, yeah, but I don't have the length that Syracuse has. Is this something that you nor still- do your opponents, <laughs> nor, nor you, nor do the teams you play have the length of the rest of the ACC. So everything shrinks in proportion. Can we move on? <laughs> I will finish like, my question then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've run this at several different levels and have found success in it. It obviously is probably a little bit more effective if you have guys that have seven foot wingspans, but it still can be run, uh, like you said. It's, it's really effective when you do and your opponents don't. <laughs> that's, that's what's really effective, right? <laughs> yeah, but, right. All right. Let's go ahead and then dive into it and some of the aspects that that makes it unique. By the way, those of you that are just listening to this on the podcast, another one of those. Where I would encourage you to go back to the YouTube page for Radius Athletics and watch the videos and also the diagrams that we have with this. Yeah, so here what I thought would, would be good to introduce um, in this uh, diagram would be 
you know, as we continue to talk, listeners will know what I'm talking about when I say guard, forward, center. So this is a diagram showing the, the two guards up top, the two forwards on the on the on the back row, um, the the outside players, and then the center who's your rim protector. So um, yeah, that's just to sort of set the definitions of the positions, and 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 you can notice a little bit about where they are, like. Syracuse again with the length they have and the and the way they're able to defend the width of the court with their length will also pull up, you know, kind of pull up toward the half court line more than say a zone that just wants to sort of pack in the lane. They'll they 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 really extend that thing out. They they their guards play maybe off the elbows a little bit higher, and their forwards play on a plane higher than the center. They sometimes that looks really exaggerated depending on the offensive alignment. But the forwards play up the court from the center, who's who's mainly the rim protector. And it's more than just the positioning that makes this unique. For those that think, you know, two three zone, what's the big deal? They just put their forwards up a little bit. I feel like what we're about to show them is really what you can kind of tinker with. And for those that maybe have looked into it a little bit, there's very little out there. Like probably if you search two three zone Syracuse. Randy's articles are going to be probably one of the first things that you see because like even that. though even though Jim Beheim uh, has done some some clinics on it, uh, I've watched those clinics and he goes to great length to not really tell you what they actually do. But yeah, a lot of story time. minutes. Yeah, there's there's a there's 50 minutes filled, but there's not really uh, much that that you get out of yeah. it. So some of those principles that make the the two, three zone unique are what we have here in front of us. Randy, if you want to explain those again, this is another sort of positioning diagram, but, and you know, if you, if you actually watch and play in some of the video we're about to watch, I probably don't have those forwards high enough up the court in this diagram to truly reflect how, how it's more of almost like a two, two, one than a two, three. It's like they're really high up the court. I don't, I probably in this diagram don't have that, accurately reflected but yeah just more about positioning and and with the guards that I, I i touch upon them their number one commandment for that pair of guards up front is don't get split with the dribble nor the pass so like we can't allow player one there in that diagram to dribble between us we also can't let him or her throw a pass between us so for the guards their number one you know top of mind commandment is don't get split with a dribbler of the pass uh forwards up the court higher than the center i don't have this mentioned but we'll talk about it and, and show it in the film their responsibility is to take away wing threes attempts not not contest wing threes which you know they end up doing but like their real their real mission is to get out and take away wing three-point attempts so it's the forwards responsibility. When I see a lot of high school zones or sort of like non-Syracuse zones at other levels, it's, you know, it, I always say the two guards, your two quick, your two guards up top, probably your two quickest kids with the best feet and quickness and things like that. They're doing all the work and they're red faced and sweaty, just running around trying to guard these three players with a three guard front. And the, 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 the three school board members, kids on the back row are just like their <laughs> uniforms, not even wet. Like you get nothing out of your bigger players on the back of the zone. And your two, your two little guys or two quick girls are doing all the work and your bigs and your forwards and centers are just, just kind of hanging out in Syracuse version zone. That is not the case. The forwards are very active. They're very involved in the strategic underpinning of the zone. 
because it's their role to get out on threes and take away threes, particularly from from the wing, from the side, if you will. As I've taught this, I've had more success explaining this to my players. As soon as you mention zone, they think my area. And therefore, if nobody's in my area, their it's shirt's chilling. not very yeah. sweaty. They're just yeah. kind of just chilling. There are elements of matchup to this. We'll show in a second. But if the ball's on one of those sides of the floor, forward on the other side's not just chilling on the back side, but they're they're close enough that if there is like a skip pass, yeah. they're able to close out Gotta to that go. guy because they are responsible for somebody in their area. You're always in a zone. Again, I've had just whether or not you do the Syracuse zone. When I explain this to my players as being you must be responsible to somebody mm-hmm. that oftentimes uh, otherwise you're playing five on four and, and there's obvious repercussions to that. Yeah. So. And in this clip, too, again, you're, what, what you just mentioned jogged my memory on a good teaching point. In this clip, you see a three-guard front from the offense, one, two, and three. You know, in the, in the traditional, like that's how a lot of zone offenses will shape up against the two-three zone with a three-guard front. And you've got the two guards, and your instinct is to think, okay, the two guards got to ha- need have to guard those three players. But it's it's more like two and a half players guarding three because on either side you're going to get a moment of help from the forward before you bump them off, which is something we'll talk more extensively about in a moment. But it's like you get, it's like you, these four players guard those three players. So if done right, it's one beautiful Two, it's, it's, you have, you have an advantage against the three guard front by using those forwards to help you. Cause it's like, you've got three and a half, you know, two and a half players, but it's really four kind of guys who are responsible for, taking away shot attempts from those three players. And you see that more Randy was referring to those forwards. Yeah, they're really walked up. They're all the way almost up even with the free throw line. But like there, there, I would say that's somewhat driven by the alignment of their opponent here. Their opponent's three guard front is, is really high. And the forwards, a good teaching point for them is if there's a man above you, you've got to go to them. Like there's a man above you, like higher than you. You're going to be tasked to to going to them at least momentarily until you get bumped off. So if they're walked up high, like you see, I don't know what team this is in white, but um, if they're walked up, they're not at free throw line extended. They're even higher than top of key extended. Those forwards are going to be really walked up if if a team is is initiating from this high. You're almost halfway between the offensive player and the block. So move accordingly. That's another principle. You will see a lot of zones, especially those backline guys, their feet are like in cement. They're just, yeah. they're in their area. No, and these guys is, are on their toes, man. Yeah, dynamic and always, always moving. Go back sure. to that slide. And one thing I wanted to mention too, before we move on, because we probably may, we may not talk about it again, but I know I have the highlight, the two big capital F's on the forwards, and that draws your attention to them. But also look at the guards, how close they are together if their hands were out to the side which they should be that's a teaching point of Bayheim is the hands out not hands up like you hear aau mom <laughs> shouting get your hands up it's get your hands out right they they want to close those windows between those gaps between the players by having their hands out so they don't get split but you can see those two guards are close together to where there's going to be no middle penetration with the ball between them if one of these um, two offensive players behind the zone were to flash into the high post area, they can't. He can't throw it between the two guards into that player because they're they're together. Like if their arms are out, their their hands are not nearly touching to prevent that middle penetration via the dribbler pass. 
this is a teaching point that I've heard him say on a video. Your center is like that anchor at the front of the rim. So you can see even from the di- from the picture, if you were to draw a straight line straight down from the front of the rim, he's basically one full step there. Yeah, and as we'll see in a few protector. moments, if the ball does get to the middle, he's going to be responsible for that. But that's almost uh, we don't want that to happen because then we have to react and almost give up our two three shape. Yeah, which we'll get to in a moment here. Yeah, so here I have the two guards sort of highlighted, and you see what you see there is that the the forward jumps out and takes him until he's bumped off by the guard. And again, the forward's positioning is almost like pack line. No, uh, no, uh, no baseline. Don't get beat to the outside. Um, in the in this video, you're going to see the guard deflection. So it's it's when the ball is on the wing, it's the off guard's job to sort of deter the the guy there circled to sort of deter the entry from wing into high post. I want him to face the ball and feel the high post with his inside hand. So face and feel. Face the ball like he's doing there. Get that left hand out and feel that high post. The, the center squeezing it with his right hand. You see the bump there. They finally slip it in. And when they do, he's he's facing and feeling and has that hand free to deflect the high, the, the high post entry, mm-hmm. causing the turnover. Face and feel when the ball's on the side. So you see him facing the ball, feeling the high post with that inside hand. I'm talking about the off guard on the far side. And, and deterring that high post entry. Face and feel, get a touch. Use your hands. Your hands are your weapons. Your arms are your weapons. They're out and they're active and they're 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 taking chances on those passes. Here they try to split them with the pass, and they said, no, don't get split with the dribbler of the pass. And they they deflect it. Good entry there. Goes back out. They defend it with a center. And uh yeah, just just good good clip. See how his arms are out, his hands are active, and and he uses his hands as a weapon. You know. This is this is um, you know an example. I, I will concede that Syracuse to gets to recruit their players, and they they do recruit body types like length and wingspan because they want to close these passing windows with these long arms. See, they tried to pass between the guards there, and those hands are out to the side and active to where those passing windows between the players are are closed with arms, not up. Because if they're up, those passing windows are open. Yeah. Out those passing windows are closed, and you got to throw over. So we've got airtime to react. I would guess too. Most that are watching or listening to this, you're probably not as concerned with guarding with a zone a step and a half or two steps out past the three point line. So this, I feel, becomes even more effective when you shrink the floor and take one step closer to the free throw line. Now it really does give that feel to the offense. Like there's not much space for us either to pass into or to drive into. And the offense is most of the time at lower levels will oblige and go ahead and stand with their tippy toes on the three-point line. So even more condensed becomes the space. All right. Here's the principle that you've addressed several times, but this is one Mm -hmm. that is extremely important because this too will set up what we get to at the end, which are the traps where you can trap on the floor, but these are all predicate. You're almost kind of with this technique, baiting them into throwing it to places where you can trap. But before we get to that, this principle of bumping. Yeah, this is sort of the uh, what I would say is like when you watch a Syracuse game, the thing they do better than other zone teams, the, the thing that jumps out at you, the tactic that jumps out of you is the, the bumping of the forwards and the guard. So here you see, so like in a lot of the high school zones I see, you got a three guard front, you got X1 and X2. They truly are having to guard disadvantage three on two because those, four, you know, coaches like, no, I don't want big, I don't want big Johnny out there. I want him to stay near the, 
blocks or whatever. The, your two little guys are getting just run ragged having to guard three players. And if after a few ball reversals and the ball pops, they just they're just always off schedule or behind the ball and they end up giving a wing three up. But here they're getting help from the forwards when there's quick ball movement like this reversal depicted here, three to one to two, pop, pop, pop. I can't, I can't get there. I, no matter how quick and athletic I am, I'm not going to outrun that pop, pop, pop reversal. Three to one. I need at least a bit of momentary help from X4 who bumps out with their with their low foot up. Their commandment is if you're going, you don't get beat to the outside, just like pack line. Don't get beat to the outside. No baseline. So they're approaching on the low side of the player. They sort of joust at the player with their low hand and low foot. If two is to drive it on that catch, they're going to drive middle right into the chest of X2, who's in it, in route. And while he or she is in route, they're saying, bump, bump, bump. They're telling X4, you've got the ball first, but I'm going to come relieve you by bumping you off. A key critical element, too, of what you see depicted is not only the, 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 the closeout by X4 to 2, but when I'm bumped off, when I'm called off by X2, bump, 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 I don't bump back in. I bump down like you see this arrow pointing toward that corner. So you'll see a Syracuse player jump out, low foot up, don't get beat baseline. He gets bumped off, and he'll sort of backpedal with his hands above his head. Doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, so he has to assume there's either a player in the corner, long corner, or short corner behind him, and he's going to bump down, not back in, but down to sort of take away vision if two wants to make that pass down to five. And also two X2, it's not an east-west closeout. There's, as you diagrammed it here, there's almost like a loop so that you don't get split right down the middle and the, the ball be driven right to the middle of the Yeah, there. you want to, you want if if two puts it on the floor, you're going to absorb that drive. So I've got the three-point attempt forward. You got the drive guard in route. Uh, here's one more with the with the forwards. This is why we've included this, and then we'll show you a video. But this idea of pinching the forwards, as the video showed earlier, the ball does get in the middle sometimes, sure. but it's not a we just then relent. And, you know, I've seen some like switch straight to man-to-man. -to -man. But with this, they actually use a technique to keep the shape of the zone. And Syracuse sort um, you know, when the ball does go into the high post, it, it then becomes the center's man. It, it does sort of become their man. Like you're, you've got that player. So, you know, again, I have a traditional zone offense here, and that's another argument for running zone defense is you kind of see the same offense week after week and game after game. Like people kind of, they may do different cuts and movements to get to this spot, but they're typically going to have a three guard front, a high post and someone behind the zone, no matter how intricate they make it before or that, but they, oftentimes get to this so you end up seeing this over and over again so bumping we talked about pinching is what we see here two enters to four five x5 the center has it man to man they can test the shot if they shoot it from the from the nail or the the area right below the free throw line they're ready to play man-to-man -man defense if the guy attacks from there and contest the shot but there's typically a player behind the zone and since the forwards don't have eyes in the back of their head they don't know whether he's on left or right. So you'll see immediately, and we've got video of when the ball's entered to the zone, the center steps up to take the, that, the player with the ball in the middle of the zone, and the forwards will pinch down the blocks. i got to assume there's someone behind the zone, and what we're trying to take away is that high-low pass that is um, you know, a, a, a characteristic of a lot of zone 
offenses as we enter the high post. And before that forward can pinch back down, we throw it high to low through that passing window and get an easy shot. So here you should see um, some entering into the high post and then those forwards pinching down to take away the high-low uh, dump down pass from high post to the guy behind the zone. And you see North Carolina State here, very traditional, three-guard front, high-low, here it is. Okay, so now this forward, he's going to pinch down. Now here's what I like, is the center is going to look, and for a moment he sees what I call false daylight. Oh, he's open, and he throws it, and the minute it leaves his fingertips, he wishes he had a yo-yo string on it and can bring it back because the forward is is pinching down to take that away. There's a little bit of a passing window there that looks open, but the forward's in route, and he, and he they're well-drilled. So bumping and pinching, bumping and pinching are your two zone skills to drill and rep if you're going to use this defense. I thought it was good the way that you put it. I never thought of it this way, but most teams, when you play against them, are eventually going to get to like one of two alignments, and they're going to try to attack it the same way. So you almost, as a defense, get to practice the same scenarios over and over and over, I think, which is what makes them so good by the time that they get to March. There have been some surprise runs in the last 10 years of Syracuse, but by the time they get to the tournament, they've perfected all of those scenarios that sometimes... They keep probably, reappearing throughout yeah. the season. It's like we're playing the same guys in different uniforms all the time because the the, the zone... I know I would get pushed back by this from coaches, but like there's only so much you can do on zone right. offense. You get where they ain't. That's what that's kind of a little Texasism. I you get where they ain't and shoot it right. So where where are they not? Well, they're not in the middle of the floor. They're not on the wings. They're not. We can get behind them, and there's no one we can play in that spot. So you end up seeing the same thing over and over again. All right, this is what we were referring to before. So what if everybody's always concerned about the corners or the short corner there? What do we do when the ball gets to the soft spots? It's one of the soft spots there. I think what what jumps out at you and like what I always get asked when I talk about this with coaches and seeing those forwards walk up so high up the up the court and like there's maybe a guy in the corner, short or long corner, who they're basically ignoring. Like their forwards are up, pushed because the man in front of them, above them, is who they're concerned with because they got to bump off and help the two guards. So there's space behind the zone that is a turnoff to a lot of coaches' eyeballs. Like, like, But this is, again, fully concede the argument that they get to recruit to this and have, and have players. But like, I would, I would argue that's not advantageous space. That's not that there is space, but it's kind of like not the greatest space. So, so they, when, when they're, when they, when the ball is put in the short corner, um it's automatic trap very aggressive trap they bring two guys approaching with their hands up they close down the space on the forward the off on the on the short corner the the forward on opposite the trap his his responsibility or her responsibility is to is to get to the ball side block because inevitably a team's going to rip cut or dive someone to that block and you're you're there and i think i have all this diagram and then and then we want to take away basically the easy visual outlet for for the trap the player in the trap with a guard sort of denying like somebody who's an immediate like pass out of the trap Mm -hmm. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, offensive atos defensive ato that i know syracuse uses sometimes you might want to think about is they will trap even the corner not just the short corner yeah the deep corner 
the, the deep corner. And, and like Randy said, just so that we're clear, like X2 comes over and this is like old school man-to-man denial. I mean, you are just like fronting two. X1 will go and basically front one. And a lot of, especially at your uh, probably open is a skip. Yeah. high school and junior high levels, that skip pass over the top, you're just kind of assuming that either X3 or X1 can make that recovery and get a deflection on the back yeah, side. Or the length of the trap, the, the two guys with their hands up who are, who are, who are, who are uh, flesh to flesh and with the guy in the trap, he just, just that, that pass is really just not an option. The guy might as well be in China. Right. Mm-hmm. And in these clips, you'll see the short corner trap. You're going to see that they basically just like, yeah, there's space behind us. So what? <laughs> Go ahead and throw it down there. So the forward's up and you see the guy behind the zone. I There I have him circled like, look at all that room. OK, go ahead. And you, you've thrown yourself into a trap, approaching with hands high, closing down the space. You see the offside forward rotating to that ball side block where someone inevitably is going to cut and boom, got him. Again, I mean, I've heard him say, we we are trying to bait them to throw it down there so yeah. that we can go trap it. Yeah, and then and then they know that. You can rep that. You get to do it game after game against the same alignment and anticipate what's going to happen. Offside forward just knows, I, I've got to go to that ball side block. Someone's probably going to show up there. And you can see right there, great, where, where you paused it there to where he breaks on the ball. And it, there's a lot of false daylight, right? Like things that that actually are open. When when you first catch the ball, I think I can go boom, trap, pass. But and it looks open. It's visually there's my guy. No one's guarding him. But when the ball's in the air, someone's rotating to that, and and you wish you could take it back, like like an NFL quarterback throwing into a a, a, a player against the zone coverage in the secondary. Like there's only a small window of time when he's going to be open and there's a player breaking on that ball. I would encourage a coach if if you are a 2-3 zone, whether or not you do all the things that Syracuse does, the videos that we've included and that Randy has on his website and then also on YouTube, this is almost like a free film session. He's done all the work for you. So maybe go back and use these, especially here at the beginning of the season as you're introducing these. This is what we want to get to. This is where we want to trap. This is what you should look like. This is how beneficial it is having high hands. I mean, all the stuff that you already know film that you may not have on your team these three clips right here that they were only what like three minutes long or whatever would be super beneficial in addition to the videos that you have randy what are some other resources that you have available i've done some tweeting about some of these diagrams and some of the coaching points with and i always try to organize those with the hashtag hashtag two three zone tips so that you could click on that on twitter and and some other coaches have have shared content using that same uh, hashtag, which that's what they're for. Use the hashtag to organize the ideas. So I would say too, I'm happy to help coaches in my ramp program who want to kind of go through how to, how to go about putting this in and using it. And I'd say what's out there on YouTube is like, that will get you started. There's plenty there to get you started and you can get your guys kind of understanding it. But yeah, there might be some things that aren't covered that offenses do that, you know, edge case type, discussions that would be worthwhile to have personally but the diagrams and the videos are enough to get you started against again like i said you kind of end up seeing the same things often and uh i actually have experience coaching this defense and 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 really liked it it's fun to coach and i'll last thing i would say would be just watch them play watch syracuse play i love watching them play like i know a lot of people don't 
like because they you know play zone and it makes the game kind of weird and and uh, but you know there's very few times when I'm scrolling through what games are on that I don't tune in to watch at least a little bit of Syracuse because I like the way they they operate in that zone. I like to see what other coaches are. You know, we'll see what he's going to roll out. You know, you this is a this is a team where you know what you're going to get when you play them. Like they, it's like, hmm, I wonder what defense they'll play. No, nope. you know what you're going to get, so you get time to roll out your best ideas against it. And let, I like to watch opponents against Syracuse to see what those best ideas are. What I end up usually walking away with is there. There's only so many ways to attack a zone. They look just like the opponent they just played when I watched them last week. Even if you're not going to use this as your primary defense, we've used this as like our secondary defense. Mm-hmm. And it looks different enough that it is to the offense can be confusing that you can get away with a few possessions and get some steals, deflections off of it. So maybe consider using it that way. Yeah, you think too about like we practice our man offense so much. We devote so many practice hours to our man offense. And then we're like, okay, well, we got to put in a zone offense. And, you know, here it is. And, and like maybe that way of playing doesn't get – fully coached to the level and depth and broken down like our man offense obviously does. So as a zone coach, you're seeing your opponents playing an offense that they're not quite as familiar with and not quite as adept with as the one they've devoted all their man hours to. Before we wrap things up, if you're wanting to increase your school's revenue and improve the fan experience, then check out Sideline Interactive. They're the leading manufacturer of scoring tables and video display boards for high schools and colleges around the country. To find out more, visit sidelineinteractive.com. Again, that's sidelineinteractive.com. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch that on the Radius Athletic YouTube page. Just search Hoops Forum. Or you can listen to the audio version of it by searching a quick timeout podcast. You'll find there the show in podcast form. Thanks to Randy for all he has done to help us with this and for all the resources that he has supplied for Randy. I'm Tony. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Forum.